as we continue to explore the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. Travis is leading us through this study and doing so in a masterful way. He's on spring break, and so I'll be your teacher today and next week. And as we turn the page, we find ourselves in chapter 6. We're going to read the entire text. If you want to open it in your Bible or on your phone, that's great. Or if you want to just follow on the screen, it's 18 verses. So we're going to read the whole thing. Jesus said, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Would you like to pray this aloud with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, now it's reading time. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus said, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Uh, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Your Father, now have mercy, please, upon the application of your word and forgive our speaker because you know his sins are many. Help us to see Jesus in these words, just Jesus. Through Christ we pray. And all the church said. When our eldest daughter, Jenna, was 13 years old, she flubbed her piece at a piano recital. And she went on to become a, a great pianist and a wonderful singer. But everyone has an off day, and she just happened to have hers in front of an auditorium full of family and friends and onlookers. The performance started well. Her fingers just flowed up and down the keyboard. I mean, she was Billy Joel. <laughs> but midway through the piece, her train 
just jumped the track. I can still see her. Staring straight ahead, fingers stuck as if in super glue. She backed up a few measures and took another run at it. No luck. For the life of her, she could not remember that next part. The silence in the auditorium was, was broken only by the pounding of her parents' hearts. Come on, Jenna. Come on. Don't give up. You can do it. It'll come. And finally it did. Jenna's mental block broke and she completed the piece. But by then the damage was done. She stood up from the piano bench. Her, her chin was quivering. And she curtsied. The audience offered compassionate applause. And she hurried off the stage. And Deanlin and I scurried out of our seats. And we met her at the side of the auditorium. She threw her arms around me. And she buried her face in my shirt. And she said this. Oh, Daddy. was undone that's all I needed to hear Deanlin and I sandwiched her with affection if a hug could somehow extract embarrassment that one would have done it and all she said was oh daddy prayer starts here prayer begins with an honest, heartfelt, oh, Daddy. Jesus said, when you pray, say this, our Father in heaven. We've talked about this word, Father. It's Abba, A-B-B-A. It's a homespun, colloquial, a pedestrian, common, everyday phrase for father. Your translation might be papa or daddy or pops or dad. Whatever that most tender word is for you that identifies a father, that's how we begin our prayer, our Abba in heaven. Jesus immediately, immediately teaches us that prayer is not a place to practice formality, but it's a prayer to practice intimacy. Proximity is promised. And Jesus invites us to approach God like a child would approach a father. Now, how does a child approach a father? Well, knowing that we would need to answer this question. I have been taking notes over the last few Mondays. You see, on Monday, that is, Monday is the day that I pick up my grandson from the Oak Hills Church Preschool. He's five years old, and he's wonderfully named Max. <laughs> and so on Mondays, I pick him up. And I thought, well, I will just watch and see how children respond when they see their father. Now, by and large, it's moms running carpool duty. 
But there, are, there is a smattering, a sampling of dads who, for whatever reason, show up to pick up their youngster. These are five-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds. So how do they react when they see their father in the hallway or under the portica chair? Here's, here's the responses that I have written down. Here's one. Yippee! Uh, that was screened by a red-headed boy who was wearing a back, Batman backpack. Ice cream! <laughs> so apparently, a father had made a promise to this little freckle-faced girl. I heard requests like this one. Daddy, can Tommy come home with me? His mom is on a trip and she doesn't want to hang out with his big sister because big sister won't let him watch TV and makes it. The boy's mouth never stopped. <laughs> it was a fire hydrant. I heard questions. Are we going home? I heard excitement. Daddy, look what I did. Here's what I never heard. Not once. I never heard this. Father, it is most gracious of thee to drive thy car to my place of education and provide me domestic transportation. But please know of my deepest gratitude for your benevolence. I am not worthy, for thou art splendid in thy attentive care and diligent in thy dedication. I didn't hear formality. I didn't hear impressive language. I heard kids who were happy to see their fathers. God invites us to approach him in the same manner. Isn't that a wonderful relief? Down deep, down deep, we all fear the misprayer. What if I mispray? What if I fumble? What if the prayer goes unanswered because I spoke to God inappropriately? What if I kneel when I'm supposed to stand? What if I cross myself and I'm not supposed to cross myself? I keep getting confused. Do I pray this way or that way? Say this or that? What if... What if I blow it? Am I apostate if I say prostate instead of prostrate? <laughs> I guess I was expecting a little more <laughs> chuckle. What if I blow it? Here's Jesus' answer. Unless you are converted, he said, and become as what? Little children. You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Everybody else in life is telling you to grow up. <laughs> Jesus is saying, oh, don't hurry. Become like a child, playful, carefree. Less strut, more trust. Make lots of requests. It's okay. And expect to receive gifts. Come to God 
like a child comes to a daddy. Now this term takes aim at our pride. Uh, There's a part of us, especially we preachers, or we who speak in groups, we like to be heard. Oh, Lord. And we like, our, we like to hear our, you know, that petition vibrate in the room. We are the pontiff of petition. We pontificate our prayers. And some of you have been turned off by those who have done so, haven't you? I'm sorry. We could have read this passage a little more closely. We like to say, God, you're my king. I'm your prince. Or, or, God, you're my maestro. I'm your minstrel. Or, God, you're the president and I'm your ambassador. But God's preference is, God, you're my daddy. And I'm your little girl. I'm your little boy. You see, it's really hard to show off and call God daddy. Impossible, in fact. I I think that's the point of what Jesus is saying. A part of our reading today, Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Isn't that a hard word? But he said it. Don't be like the show-offs. They love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners and pray. Why? So people will see them. I tell you the truth. They already have their full reward. Religious leaders in the days of Jesus loved, and religious leaders in our day love, to make theater out of prayers. And this theater nauseated Jesus. So he said this, when you pray, you should go in your room and close the door and pray to your father who cannot be seen Your father who can see what is done in secret. Your father can see what is done in secret, and he will reward you. These words surely stunned the audience of Jesus because they lived in the days of the temple and of priests and of altars and of sacrifices. Prayer, I'm sure they assumed, was reserved for those special people who wore those special robes and who worked in that special place. God met with the priest in the temple, behind the curtain, in the Holy of Holies. The people were simple farmers. They were just stone workers. They were folks of the land and the earth. They, they couldn't go in the Holy of Holies. But you know what they could do? They could go in their closets. So Jesus said, go into your room and close the door. Now, in Palestinian culture, very simple homes, most of the house had no doors. But there was always one room that had a door, and that was the storage closet. So the farmers would store their, their, their farming tools, a hoe, a shovel, maybe some feed. It was a place where you put stuff. Maybe some chickens would go in and out. And so Jesus lays hold. He requisitions that closet. He says, that's where I want to talk to you. Now, I don't know about you, but the closet is not a real fancy place in our house. I was thinking about this this morning, getting dressed. 
I looked around at the closet. I, I saw clothing. I, I saw uh, some drawers for socks and underwear, T-shirts. Uh, I saw a shoe rack. I saw some stuff on the floor. I'm sorry, honey. I'll pick it up when I get home. That's always on the floor. I might as well admit it. But the, the, the closet is not the fancy place in the house. When we have people over for dinner, after dinner, we don't say, hey, let's all go in the closet and have a chat. <laughs> Do you? Is your closet a fancy place? So what's Jesus saying here? He's saying, just, just meet me there. Just meet me someplace common. Just meet me. Just find a quiet corner. A geography is not a big deal to Jesus. Geography is not a big deal. Go to Rome if you want to. Pray at the Vatican. Okay, fine. But the prayers at home are every bit as powerful as the prayers of Rome. Go to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. Take the trip. Extraordinary. Write a prayer on a little piece of paper and stick it in one of those stones. It's, it, it, it's moving. But let me tell you something, friend. Your backyard fence is every bit as holy as the wailing wall of Jerusalem. You see, Jesus wants to unburden us from the pressure of place or posture or language. He wants to just lift that. I mean, life is tough enough, right? Without having to think, well, I've got to get to some place and dress in a certain way and speak in a certain fashion before my prayers will be heard. You don't have to woo him. He's high on accessibility. He's low on fancy. Jesus said this. When you pray, don't be like those people who don't know God. They continue saying things that mean nothing. <laughs> Is that not just a straightforward? They keep saying th things that mean nothing, thinking that God will hear them because of their many words. Don't be like them. For your father knows the things you need before you say them. Jesus, incredibly, even downplays the importance of words. It's the heart, not the tongue, that he's considering. It's the heart, not the tongue. We do the opposite. We say the more words, the better. We make the power of prayer dependent upon the place of the prayer or the words of the prayer. Right? Jesus has just done away with that mindset. We say the more words, the better. The better words, the better. And this is true across all religions. Muslim prayers must be prayed properly and they must be recited exactly at each of the five appointed times during the day. Hindu and Buddhist prayers, they're profound, but they depend upon the repetition of mantras, words, and syllables. Even branches of our Christian faith have wrongly emphasized the way we pray instead of the one who hears the prayer. Placing emphasis on 
accuracy of prayer or using certain words in prayer or even praying in a certain private prayer language. Jesus says, let's not put the emphasis there. He says, don't be like those people who use many words. Maybe I can say it like this. There's no panel of angelic judges grading your prayer. You know how when you watch the Olympics or you watch ice skating and there's this panel of judges and after the event they hold up numbers? Have you seen that? I think there is the impression that when we pray, there are angels in heaven grading our prayers. Whoa, that was a good one. I'm giving her a 10 this morning. Boy, did you hear what she said? 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. We're answering that prayer. Oh, man. Or, did you hear what? Barely uttered. One, 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 one. There is this fear that our prayers are getting graded and our prayers are getting judged. But Jesus removes us from all of that. And he says, listen, when you pray, just say, our Father. Our Father, just as a happy child cannot miss hug, the sincere heart cannot miss pray. Can a happy child miss hug? Does the daddy ever get a hug and say, oh, honey, that wasn't a good hug. Go back, come back, do it again. No. Because the prayer is that embrace of our heavenly Father. Heaven knows you have enough burdens in life without the burden of praying correctly. If prayer depends upon the one who prays, I'm sunk. But if the power of prayer depends upon the one who hears our prayers and that one is a heavenly father, Abba, then we have hope. Right now, the Lord is ministering to some of you because for many years you've thought, well, other people pray better. Other people have cracked the code. Other people have the secret. I don't. Hey, you do. You do. And the Lord wants to hear from you and talk to you all day, every day. And friends, sometimes, oh, daddy, is all we can muster. When the alcoholic is standing outside the bar begging for strength, he doesn't have the capacity to compose a prayer. And all he can do is say, Oh, Father. That's powerful. When the senior citizen is battling senility, trying to collect thoughts and keep them from wandering away and all they can do is say oh father that's powerful when the parents of the prodigal step into the bedroom that's now vacant and they do not know where that child is any longer and all they can do is get down on their knees and with tear-stained cheeks say oh father that's enough that's enough he hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. 
And to those people who have told you you would have been healed if you had prayed better, I say, get out of here. Be gone. Be gone. That's a lie from the devil and it smells like the pit of hell from which it came. The power of prayer is in the one who hears the prayer. It's religion that loves to place the burden on people. It is Christ who takes the burden from people and says, I'll carry you. So inhale the grace of prayer. Don't overcomplicate it. Be careful of those who do. Listen long and hard to the words of Jesus who invites you to pray like a, like a child speaks to the Father. No games, no cover-ups. Just be honest. Honest to God. Climb up into his lap. Tell him everything that's on your heart. Or tell him nothing at all. Just lift your heart to declare heaven and say, Oh, Father. Jenna just uttered two words, and I wrapped her in my arms, and your father will do the same. Let's close by offering this prayer as Jesus taught us. Carefully, slowly, pausing. Let's say aloud each phrase, but I'll be quiet, and then you just present it in your words and if you need to add something to it that's great if not just present it and leave it can we do this okay phrase by phrase let's go our father in heaven this is pause for a second right there think about that our father in heaven next phrase hallowed be your name Give us today our daily bread. Let's read this entire sentence. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors.
And then this last one. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil.